0: Love it when people are telling me that like oh they're they're doing like 20 deals a year 30 deals a year 40 deals a year i'm like that's fantastic and eventually i hope to be doing that many but like sometimes you also gotta ask what are they making per deal like right. i don't know that somebody's making my margins of six figures on average per flip you know the next house that i have coming up it's a big house it's it's six thousand square feet we got it the purchase price was 565 putting 300 into the rehab They'll sell for probably 1.2. And so I'll probably make two or three hundred thousand on that one. That's gonna take six or seven months total from closing to closing, but at the end of the day, it's still like a six-figure win. So I would say like, you know, people should focus on getting quality deals rather than just getting a large number of deals. Cause there's yeah.
1: there,
0: there's something to be said about, you know, scaling and volume, but sometimes I'd rather do, you know one deal and make a 100 grand than do three deals and make 30 grand, you know. Go to
1: InvestorThrive.com right now to check out some of our free training on how you can make money as a real estate investor or schedule a time with me so we can chat about our Mastermind Mentorship and how we can help you learn how to wholesale nationwide and grow your business. What's going on, Daniel?
0: Hey, man. How's it going? Oh, just a busy, a
1: another busy day, you know? Just yeah, yeah. Living the dream. Well, Um, I invite you on here. I'm glad you're able to make it investors drive nation. This is a podcast from Daniel. Um, he's flipping homes in East Cobb. And today we're just going to chat and find out, you know, what got him into real estate. What's got him doing his, uh, his thing basically. Like, why have you decided to go? It's pretty much high end flips, right? That's like what you're, you're trying to do, right?
0: yeah i would say it's high design and then i've done a number of houses that are entry level some are mid-level and some are seven figure homes so um just like to focus on doing good design with quality materials i think that comes across as you know high-end but really it's i've had starter homes and i've had luxury homes so
1: high quality i like that Sweet. Well, Investor Thrive Nation, thanks for tuning in. Um, please like, subscribe, hit the bell icon. And uh, for people that are watching live right now, thanks for tuning in. If you have questions, ask your questions, and at the end of the the podcast, we can uh, answer them. Uh, any questions for Daniel? And then I'll, also, Daniel, I'll, I'll, if you would like, we, you can share your your uh, social media stuff so people can reach out to you if they have any questions for you and how you're doing what you're doing. Is that, is that cool? That works. Okay. So let's kind of get. Let's just dive right into it, man. So what? Um, what got you into real estate? I, I know you were probably doing something else before flipping, right?
0: I was in banking for ten years on the trading floor, so pretty fun time um, so from 2012 to just recently when I went full-time real estate. Uh, but I got into real estate because you know I had kids, and so my wife and I were looking for a, a house. And I had always bought, you know, my primary residence as I was an analyst and you know kind of got out of college, but. Uh, at some point, we wanted a yard. We wanted a good school system. And so East Cobb in and, and, and Marietta is kind of the place where people go. But um, even after working in banking for a few years, I really couldn't afford anything other than a fixed rubber in the neighborhood that I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we found the worst house in a great neighborhood and we totally gutted it and that's kind of how it started and then um you know i learned a lot made a lot of mistakes a lot of mistakes along the way but you know i kept getting better with every house and so we did my you know our primary residence this house i'm in right now then i bought my first actual flip investment property Mm -hmm. had to go through evictions to get the tenants out Uh, one guy i had evict twice and that's a different story for another time but you gotta
1: tell us that story on here you got to tell us that story sometime
0: you know, I was a nice guy and I was trying to let people like, hey, you know, you need to either pay rent or move out. And one guy was basically the worst tenant. So I had him evicted. Judge mm-hmm. gave me the eviction order, but I was still trying to be nice. I was like, hey, man, I could come with the sheriff. <laughs> and like, Apparently evictions expire. So oh, mid- gosh. the sheriff came and said that if you don't let him back in, which was the judge's orders, right? The eviction was expired. Judge's orders. You have to let him back in you getting arrested. So I do not want to go to jail. So I had to let him back in and then had to go through the entire eviction process again. But anyways, that, that property, we, we got everybody out right in literally like February 28th of 2020. So like March 1st, we started the demo and the construction. That was the beginning of COVID, right? I mean, literally it just started to. to Were charm. you
1: scared, bro? Were you scared when COVID hit and you had this house?
0: You know, I, I was glad that people were out. So that was the main thing because it was a night, it took like six, seven months and thousands of dollars to get them all evicted. So I was like, finally, I got everybody out. I didn't know what the real estate market was going to do necessarily, but you know, I figured, you know, I do a, an, an, okay flip, you know, medium. I had no idea what I was doing in terms of flips. Mm-hmm. And then once I was getting through construction, I had the drywall up the, you know, I was looking at comps and everything. The same person's name kept popping up as the agent for a lot of the best comps in the area. So mm-hmm. I looked, called that agent. I said, Hey, I see you doing a lot of business in this area and houses are beautiful. So would you come and give me advice on mine? it turns out that he was the actual, the investor and the agent selling them. So no. he, yeah, so he became like a mentor to me and he said, Hey, you need to make sure you put in at least these level of materials, these levels of finishes. Don't go cheap. Don't go laminate. Don't go 99 cents a square foot stuff, go quartz. Mm-hmm. And we ended up sending the highest comp for that property in the area so people were using my house as a comp for other you know wholesale deals fix and flips and so from there i did a couple more deals it was all during covid and obviously the market was appreciating so we did really well on all Russia. of it um, <laughs> you know it's it again the market was really good but i've averaged six figures on all my flips in the last few years so it's um, good doesn't it yeah it feels good a lot of them they were all full guts though so only just recently did i do my first flip that was literally cosmetic i did new carpet New paint, um, change the light fixtures, the doorknobs—you know, just basic, basic stuff. Light and rehab, under contract. I think I—I I bought it for three eighty from a wholesaler. uh, Put like twenty grand into it for the cosmetic stuff, and we just got it under contract at five ten. So that'll be, that'll oh. be, probably, yeah, yeah. After commissions and everything, probably like a sixty, seventy thousand dollar profit for just a cosmetic deal,
1: bro. And that's like, was it was it like a three month whole uh, time or four months? How long did you hold on to it?
0: I mean, so the prior owner needed 30 days to move out of it. So we held it for a month. The actual construction of paint and carpets and whatever took about 30 days. And so we just went on a contract last weekend. And so three weeks from now, so it'll be less than 90 days from closing to closing. Dude, so that I- is amazing.
1: And, and that's why wholesalers are so useful for us. Like we're, I'm flipping right now, but also like we wholesale, but now we're keeping a lot because, as a wholesaler, I would be like, look, I'm just trying to make 10 or 15 or 20. So that wholesaler probably made that and gave it to you and you're going to make 60 with about a month of work, like of actual legit work. Um, It's awesome, isn't it?
0: Yeah. And I I think that people really underestimate like networking right it's like i try to get to know every single wholesaler operating in in my area because they might have a deal at some point that oh yeah we did a deal like three years ago and now we're doing another deal right so the more people you know obviously the better but then at the same time i i make offers to wholesalers the same way like i make offers to you know for sale by owners or something yes. on the mls right so the wholesaler initially so he was asking like 420 and i got him down to like 380 you know but he ended up he ended up scraping like Five grand out of it which is still great for him you know for an assignment fee yeah for sure yeah uh, so um so and it's
1: great especially if he couldn't sell it to anyone else he is better to make nothing and make, make something than nothing
0: oh no i just think i was the first one and i was the most aggressive like i jumped on it i made it, i actually started with a low ball offer at 350 which i knew he wouldn't take but like he yeah. started at 420 i went 350 we met somewhere in the middle like 380 um good
1: job so, man you
0: No, know, he still made a five thousand buck assignment fee which is nice um, but it was, it was, still a good deal. And, and, you know, I'm looking at other deals that he's got as well. So it was a, it was a nice story. So that, yeah. that's, that's really the real estate journey it started with my own, you know, personal house. And now we're doing, I think if I close this, this would be the fifth deal I did in the last 12 months. And I'm hoping to do another five before the end of the year.
1: You know, I think that's awesome, man, because as, as I started out wholesaling and I'm teaching you like how to find those leads and stuff like that. But as a wholesaler, like you have to do more deals And you're getting like less, your assignment fees aren't always that big. They're like average of 15 to 20. But what you're doing is you're like, hey, let me, I don't need to be doing five to five flips a month yet. Right. You're like, let me do one or two, um, you know, work my way up and I'm making big spreads. Right. So that's awesome. And that's kind of what we've been doing too, is we've been sprinkling flips in with wholesales. Like we've, we've, um, we have a flip closing tomorrow that is 88 K that we're making on it and uh same kind of same situation as you bought it carpet paint listed gone within three months 90 days you know
0: that's awesome yeah listen i love it when people are telling me that like oh they're they're doing like 20 deals a year 30 deals a year 40 deals a year i'm like that's fantastic and eventually i hope to be doing that many but like sometimes you also gotta ask what are they making per deal like i don't know that somebody's making my margins of six figures on average per flip you know the next house that i have coming up it's a big house. It's, it's 6,000 square feet. We got it. The purchase price was 565, putting 300 into the rehab, but it'll sell for probably 1.2. And so I'll probably make two or 300,000 on that one. That's going to take six or seven months total from closing to closing. But at the end of the day, it's still like a six figure win. So I would say like, you know, people should focus on getting quality deals rather than just getting a large number of deals. Cause there's, there's something to be said about, you know, scaling and volume But sometimes I'd rather do, you know, one deal and make 100 grand than do three deals and make 30 grand. You know, it's still a $400 of profit, but it's fewer times you got to get financing. It's fewer times you got to send your painter to a house or your electrician or whatever else. So I try to focus on bigger tickets, even if that means fewer of them.
1: And I'm in agreement with you because, uh, you know, average wholesale fee for most people, it's like 15 K some, some people in California, they're like at 70, right. It depends on the market you're in, but, sure. um, but yeah, you, you do five or 10 wholesale deals a month. That's, that's five, 10 deals you have to take to title. You got to like, make sure everything is going smooth. Um, I don't know. Do you know, do you know who Jerry Norton is? Do you follow him at all? Like seen any of his YouTube videos? He's familiar. I've probably seen
0: him around, but I don't actively follow him.
1: Yeah, it's all good. So he's one of my mentors and he flips high luxury, like high end stuff in the millions, two millions, three millions. And, um, he, I think his average, he was selling me like on one flip, he did it. He made like 2 million on a flip. Right. So just, just look at that. Like, okay, you can be a wholesaler and you can do 10, 15 deals a month, or you can spend your whole year on one giant flip and then be done and be like, make more than you probably would have as like a, doing all that volume. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so this, the, the big one that I'm working on right now could be two to 300,000. Um, it's a lot of square footage, it's a lot of big ticket items. Right. And it's a, it's going to be a seven figure flip. you so I hired a designer, I hired an architect, make sure that I'm not just, you know, drawing this in crayon and, and trying to think of things that I like. I want professional help. So between right. agent, who's more like my mentor, he plugged me in with his, a lot of his teams, his architect, his designer. So this thing's going to be sick and I'd rather do, you know a few of those, I'd rather do two or three of those, make a half mil a year, and be you know really well positioned than do 10, 15 deals where I'm scraping 30, 40, 50. Not that that's a place to start, but it's just my personal preference, yeah.
1: And and it, it what you're saying, what I'm saying, it's it's not bad for anybody that does whatever model. I think it's risk tolerance, right? right? Like you, you are willing, some people wouldn't want to be holding on to a house at half a million and putting in 300, they might feel like that's really risky, but for you, you're like, hey the reward is there. And I got to do like, like you said, less, maybe less work than 10, 15 deals to get that, that amount of money, like a yeah. uh, profit. And you know, I think you're positioning yourself really well because if the market, they say it's cooling down, we'll see what happens, but the, your homes that are done with high quality, high end um, quality, like they're going to sell before like faster or going to be more, I guess a sought after than someone that does a crappy job. Especially when the market cools, they're going to want the best houses.
0: I think so. I think, you know, the things that I've been taught in the three Ps, right? There's product, placement, and price, right? Um, The price, you should be determined by your, you know, your market. And so I won't spend too much time on that. Like, you obviously shouldn't overprice. Otherwise, you're going to sit on the market. If you underprice, people are going to think there's something wrong with the home. So price in line with the comps um placement is all about staging and photography right you see a lot of people that use their iphone and have a agent do iphone photos and those are terrible right and that's just yeah. not going to excite anybody when they see the house or they do cheap virtual staging like you're selling the, the way my agent says is you're selling more than just sticks and bricks right yeah. you the idea of the home. And that comes with staging, that comes with photography, with placement. And so we've got a really good staging company. And I'll be honest, it's probably one of the most expensive staging companies on this, you know, cosmetic one. I spent 4,200 on staging, which is more than I spent on paint, which is more than I spent on carpet, right? Wow. The staging alone is 4,200, but it looks incredible. We had so many showings, right?
1: Is, is that the one that you just listed? You just told me that is under contract?
0: Yeah, exactly. That thing exactly. looks awesome,
1: man. That thing yeah. looks really good.
0: So oh, sorry, this is my uh, three month old in the background. If you can hear, um,
1: I, I actually can't hear, so it's all good.
0: <laughs> uh, but you know, product is the biggest thing, right? It, and for me, I like the the total gut jobs because when you're when you're flipping a house, it's hard to decide. Okay, well, I'm gonna keep the roof. I'm gonna you know, change a couple of the windows, but I'm going to paint the cabinets, right? When you go kind of, it's not new, but it's it's old, but it's it's been painted, you know, those are the hardest ones because you got to decide if I'm going to spend a dollar, am I going to get it back? Is there mm-hmm. going to be, you know, $2 of return on that? But when you do a full gut, man, you're not saving the flooring. You're not saving the the kitchen or the bathrooms or anything. You're going to change the roof. You're going to change the windows. It makes it easier to budget, too, because you can do a line item by line item. There's no surprises because you've already budgeted for a roof. Even if there weren't any leaks, you know, to get that top dollar, to get that product, to get that high-quality finish, you're going to need a new roof. You're going to need a new windows. You're not just going to paint the old wooden windows um, you're going to go with quartz instead of, you know, level one granite that you see sometimes people do. So I think it's it's just a lot easier mentally when you go for a full gut because there's no surprises. You just budget for brand new everything, brand new um, HVAC and water heater. Like unless it's unless it's been changed in the last couple of years, buyers just want the new water heater. It like costs you a thousand bucks, but it's part of the entire package of a basically brand new home, right? So that's what I'm talking about when it comes to like the top product.
1: And that's interesting because you're right. Like when I was, I was just looking at a house, me and my, my wife is from Canada and we were looking at a home that we're possibly potentially going to buy, uh, or, you know, we're always looking right. Cause we want a vacation home in Canada. And when you see that new water heater on there or the new AC or whatever, you're like, Ooh, it's, it's, it's nice. You know, you, you yeah. feel like you're getting like literally a brand new house, even though it was built in the fifties or seventies or where, whenever.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, it's, it's a lot easier when you know, you're doing like your seller's disclosures, right? New HVAC, new windows, new water heater, new electrical, new plumbing, new electrical panel, right? Um, I've had to replace concrete driveways. And when you have a product that is done well, right, mm-hmm. um, you just, it, it stands head and shoulders above everybody else. So like you said, even if the market does rebalance or cool off or whatever, um, buyers are going to gravitate to something that's uh, turnkey and that's yeah. done well. And I can rep to them that, yes, all of this is brand new and is warrantied. And if there's ever an issue, here's a company that did it. They'll stand behind their work.
1: Yeah, there's power to that for sure. And I think um, I'm excited for you because I think you're well positioned with the skill set you have. And another thing is by going for those re- those complete gut jobs, I'm sure your competition to get those deals is lower. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's flippers. that are like, don't want that. Right. They're like, oh, that's scary. Or have you kind of noticed that maybe by going for like bigger, bigger rehabs, like there's less competition on those.
0: Yeah, and I think especially in the East Cobb neighborhood. So for anybody watching who's not familiar, you you know East Cobb Marietta is a really um, family friendly neighborhood. It's got some of the top schools in the state, and so the starting point for a lot of flips out here in the suburbs. I mean, a fixer goes for four or five hundred thousand. Plus, right? So that already eliminates a lot of the competition because the the folks working inside the city of Atlanta, you know, a fixture there might be 150 to 250 to 300, depending on the location and the size. So just at a higher price point, there's fewer people swimming with with these kinds of entry level tickets, and then it's a higher rehab on top of it, right? So all in investment can be easily north of 600,000 total, right? So on average, we're not talking about your cosmetic lipstick job. So I think that by itself already eliminates a lot of the competition. And then, you know, there, there are fewer wholesalers operating up here, there are fewer flippers operating, there are people who will buy a house even as a fixer just to get into the school system, and they'll fix it up over time. So I think there's, there's less competition for a number of reasons. But I think if you can find your niche in this area, I think it's, I've done really well so far.
1: That's awesome, man. You know, I grew up there. I grew up at Pope. Yeah. I went to Pope High School right off Shalerford Road.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like uh, seven minutes north of me. Yeah.
1: It's crazy, man. Small world, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 crazy because I think one of the best things um, investors can do for themselves is really understand their markets, right? And the reason I bring this up is because in in this local market, you know this. Um, you know, the difference between a house that's in the Walton School District versus in the Wheeler School District. I mean literally the next street over, the same same floor plan, the same age, the same condition, that value can be anywhere between 50 and a hundred thousand dollars difference because it's in a different school district. Now Wheeler by itself is a great school, but that there's so much more buyer demand for Walton. So just knowing your pockets and knowing your niche and knowing what are the driving factors for that neighborhood is, is, I think, is what you know, new buyers and new investors should be focusing on.
1: You know, man, I love the data. You're di- that's data you're diving into, right? Like you're trying to find out. You understand your market i was interesting my buddy that i grew up with in georgia two of them came and visited me two weeks ago like a couple weeks ago and they were talking we were talking about the schools that we went to right because we grew up and went to pope you got laster you got walton and we were like i didn't really realize it but going to those schools those were really great schools in that area right yeah. so exactly what you're saying is like i didn't t- i took that for granted i didn't know but it's true as an investor you're like hey these areas are money because people love the schools. So, if I can get something in this this area, it's going to be able to sell quicker than in the Wheeler district. Just like what you said. I don't think a lot of investors think like that. So, did how did you kind of get that mindset if you're of knowing that those are the schools that demanded the highest uh, I guess return.
0: I just looked at who was charging the highest prices, right? If you if you looked at, you know, some of the things if you just up the mls locally here and you saw one house that's in walton one house that's in wheeler without knowing which of the school districts it fell in you'd be like oh this house is a hundred thousand dollars cheaper i should go after that one right and like oh this one's a hundred thousand dollars more expensive nobody's gonna buy that one and then it ends up selling faster than one in wheeler and you start diving into it and it just kind of becomes a very apparent pattern that people want that school district right and so um if you're someone who so like the cosmetic one that i'm doing right now I'll be honest. There's a there's a big power tower right behind it. It's kind yeah. of got a steep grade, and because I didn't do a lot of the uh, you know systems updates, it was just a very cosmetic refresh. You know, we only listed it at 500. We got a couple offers right at 510, so we priced it appropriately. And even though we didn't do the full gut job, we knew that the buyer for that house was someone who wanted to be in the Walton School District, but couldn't afford six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar home. Right, so. So by knowing your school districts, by knowing the driving factors of why people want to buy in that area, you can overcome things like power lines or a steep grade or very little yard because that's not the most important thing, right? If I a $100,000 into that rehab, I probably would have been about the same profit margins right i would have spent a hundred thousand dollars more but the house would have only sold for a hundred thousand dollars more so that's that's how we decided just to go with the with the cosmetic rehab and then let an owner occupant who wants to be in that school district kind of take it wherever they want to go after the fact
1: that's so cool man and i remember you talking to me about this this was that was like your direct thought process and it came true right yeah <laughs> it really happened. what you said happened that's so cool um and I think it's really important. Most of the people that watch this are wholesalers, right? They want to find the deals for the flippers. And and as you're, you're kind of in the, the flipping process, you're already doing that. And I'm showing you how to find those deals so you can source them yourself, right? Because you definitely can use, you know, wholesalers, networking, Sunday, different platforms. That's how we get a lot of our deals, but it's also, you can get deals from, you know, targeting those areas of marketing, but that's, that's really cool that you know, you figured this out and I just want to say the wholesalers or flippers, whoever's watching this, you need to know the, the data and the information in your market, just like Daniel's saying, because you could pass on, you could be talking to a seller who wants a certain amount and you could pass and be like, oh, they want too much. But if you understand your market, maybe they're right in the money and you can make a deal, you can flip it or you can wholesale it. You you really got to know your info.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's so interesting because, a lot of the deals that I picked up from wholesalers, I'm going to be honest with you, are probably deals that were mispriced because the wholesaler didn't know that, like, for example, the house that is the cosmetic one, um, it's right on the border. I mean, like the last street of the Walton School District, right? The next street over is Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they knew or didn't know, wh- you know, which school district it fell into and they underpriced the house, right? And so when when they sent it out, I was like, holy guacamole, these are the stats. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what they're asking, mine, just, just, I'll take it. You know, like, like I, I just, I just, I, I walked it 30 seconds, to make sure the house wasn't falling over. I was like, yeah, this is mine. You know, I'll, I'll figure out the financing later. And so I just, whatever, whatever it is you're doing for wholesaling and you're talking to a seller and they want too much, maybe there's a reason that they think that a house is worth that much. Look into it. Are they in the right school district? Are they on a golf course? And you just don't know that you're in, in you know, a golf community or whatever it is. Um, maybe they are asking too much for it, or maybe someone's asking for 400 when that house really should be 600 and suddenly you've got a windfall profit. But the more, you know, as a wholesaler going into it, um, I think the better prepared you'll, you'll be to, to either walk away from the deal or jump all over it.
1: Dude, and you got a great competitive advantage because you're like
0: zoned in, locked in on an area,
1: and you you know that, and you're getting to know it extremely well. You know, a, a downfall of a lot of wholesalers, including like one of what we do is we do nationwide, right? So we target multiple areas, hoping you know we can get leads for at cheaper cost, which is true. If you target another area, it gets a little bit more expensive. But with pay per click, we target uh, the like different states yeah so if we get something like for example in east cobb and if i didn't know the area like you do and i I know we wouldn't know like we would think a seller if you just look at zill you'd be like oh man they're completely crazy right but um yeah so i think there's a lot to learn from your experience in this podcast that being um really niche or knowing like knowing an area specific area really well is is powerful it's super powerful
0: yeah, I, I can't be all things to all people. And honestly, I've got friends that are in the real estate business, and they send me deals, good deals, honestly, like in northeast Atlanta, or south of the airport, or southeast Atlanta, and some of those pockets that are really like growing quickly. But that's like, over an hour for me, I can't imagine like traveling to the to the job site to do that to, to manage the projects and the labor. So I try to focus on one niche and, and be really good at one thing. And then once I feel like I am, then I can kind of expand from there. And so, um, I don't know. Maybe nationally it would be great. If I if I could build the pipeline of national wholesale deals, I absolutely would. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the next step after I, after I take over East Cobb.
1: Dude, that's that's the goal. And by the way, you can leverage all like these friends and these these people you're network working with that are sending you those deals. If you can get someone in your company that may, might be like focused on trying to dispo those out, you might be able to make some wholesale deals and be like, yeah, I'll take this one on and just wholesale it you know, get it under contract. And that's, that's what we do a lot. Um, you know, people will JV with us and we'll either JV the deal with them or we'll buy it, but there's power in having the relationship that you do and, um, you know, taking those deals and connecting them and making your, you know, making an uh, assignment fee.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it, man. I, I love actually, It was funny. I, one of the things I think is underutilized is networking with agents, you know, because, um people see as agents as like their competition right really like they they should be your partners because if an agent knows that somebody's thinking about a listing or selling they'll what's the word bird it for you right
1: pocket listings is what we say they got pocket listings
0: they got pocket listings and you're like hey if i make an offer on this you know before it hits the market do you think your seller wants to accept and the agent you know their incentive is to get a deal done so if they if their seller is happy and they can get it done quickly it hey maybe they're underpricing it by 50 or 60 grand you don't know or maybe they'll take 50 or 60 grand less just to get the deal done so i would reach
1: out with agents dude i mean exactly what you're saying is what we try to do we try to connect with agents network with as many people as possible because you know we've done deals with agents where you know with pocket listings or they'll have a house listed and they've taken bad pictures and we'll make an offer and then we'll, we'll we'll wholesale it and knowing like, Hey, you know, they just didn't do the best job at, you know, marketing this property. Right. Yeah.
0: So,
1: no, that's, that's exactly true. I mean, that's so true. Like a lot of people go into this business and they're like, let me spend a ton of money like on marketing. It's like, Hey, if you just network and you do a little here and there and, and, are, like you said, if you were to reach out to every agent in East Cobb and you were like the go-to guy, like, Hey, I buy houses and and I'll literally close on them within a week. Like you're going to get deals.
0: Oh Yeah. Oh yeah and you know again networking with other wholesalers too because you know i'm, I'm still new at the wholesaling part so you know I, I feel like for example there was a there was a house uh, a couple streets over that i saw like i thought was maybe a moving vehicle or like they're just you know either buying furniture or selling furniture i don't know exactly what was happening by was old folks that lived there the house was older And I turned it to one of my wholesale buddies. I was like, hey, man, can you go run this down for me? Like, if you can get it under contract, I'll pay you an assignment fee, whatever, five, ten grand, and then we both get a deal. Like, he's the expert at negotiating and calling and, you know, the scripts. And I'll get there myself eventually. But for right now, I was like, man, I saw this deal. And I'm not afraid to turn it over to this wholesaler because he and I have a good working relationship. If he can get it under contract for me, then I know he's going to show it to me first and then we can do a deal. And if I can't do it and he still wants to wholesale it to somebody else, he's got to investors that can uh, you know he can dispose
1: too that's awesome so you're like hey buddy you know track this bad boy down for me <laughs>
0: yeah why not because you know they're the experts at it and they do a lot of deals and you know I've, I've never seen people like try to you know we have va's and we have cold callers and we have skip tracing and i feel like nobody has ever thought about Hey, here's a house. It's on my block. I know the old folks that are living are thinking about, you know, moving. Maybe, maybe not. Go track it down. Go bird dog it for me because you know I'll buy it. Here's the price that I'll buy it. Anything you get below this price, that's your spread. So if I'm willing to pay four hundred thousand for a property and you can get it for two hundred thousand, great. I'll pay your two hundred thousand assignment fee, no problem, because I told you what I wanted to pay for it. That's so, good. you know.
1: And I know a new wholesaler experienced or new would love that. They'd be like, Oh, you want, you'll tell me, you're telling me if I can get this house for this price, you'll buy it. Okay. Let me just go t- try and negotiate it. Yeah. yeah it's like a good move. And
0: I'm telling you the buy box or anything. I'm telling you this specific address. Here's a photo of it. Go and get it.
1: Yeah. That's awesome,
0: man. That's really cool.
1: Well, it sounds like you got a, you got a good strategy going and I'm, you're, you joined the investor thrive mastermind and I'm, you know, trying to give you as much, as much, uh, I guess, uh, help or, uh, I don't even know the word. I'm, I'm going to provide value,
0: value, (laughs) value. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mentorship and value. Cause I want to help you succeed, man. Cause I really believe like you can use the different platforms that we use and you can use, um, you know, leverage your relationships to get deals. But I also believe that with targeting those specific areas with either mailers cold calling and just skip you know, pulling those lists in the area, you're going to be able to pull, you're going to be able to get some deals out of there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, Literally, the only the reason I haven't dug into it more is right now, my hands are full with three flips. I got three kids, but also got three flips right now, and they all should be done within like four, five, six weeks, and then I am cracking that blueprint open baby. I've got list old collars, everything. so it's gonna be it's gonna be a great summer because it's gonna be a ton of learning for me. I know I've got you guys as a resource and Sean, and so uh, I'm looking forward to it and it just uh, I got to, I got to put these projects to bed first, close them, make my cash, and then hit the ground running on the next set of deals.
1: I love it. And you, 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 Sean, you said, Sean, you, you've, have you talked to Sean Hayes?
0: I haven't, but I've seen him active a lot. I saw in the deal analysis earlier today, he was talking. So I, I, I've heard him, I've seen him work, but I haven't spoken to him directly.
1: Dude, you should reach out to him when you get some time. He's a great resource. Cause we, we went to Pope and we know a ton of, not only do we work in there, but we know a ton of agents in the area that we could connect you with that, um, that, that specifically do East Cobb, you know, in those specific school districts. So, you know, we can connect you to some people in there that you might already even know. Um, but do you, like one of our buddies is named Ross Hester. They, they got like a brokerage called the Hester Group or something like that. Have you heard of that?
0: I know that, that group, yeah.
1: Yeah. So his, uh, Ross, like we went to high school with him and his dad, I think his dad owns the brokerage or something. So mm-hmm. I'll have to put you, in, unless you're, you're already in contact, but maybe I'm sure they come across some deals that they might be able to send your way.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, um, one of the things I do is, like I said, I see, for example, a house I'm working on right now, it's in a really nice subdivision. And I see somebody else that just listed a flip there. You know, they listed it at like 6 30, right in line with the comps. And I talked to the agent and she's really cool. And she's like, Oh yeah, we actually are under contract, not at 6 30 or 6 75. And we just appraised. So it's like, Oh wow. Well I got this other flip that I'm working on right now. And it's, you know, if you guys appraise praising 6 nothing personal, but my house is better than yours. You know, yeah. I, yeah, I, I know the layout of all these houses. They're all the same. And so you guys, you guys kept these walls. I opened up these walls. My flow is better in my floor plan. So if you guys close at 675, I'm listening at 699, you know, and just, just having those relationships and that information is crucial because, um, you know, it's, it's market intelligence. And it's about, like I said, going back It's are you priced appropriately relative to the mm-hmm. company And so it's just, I think we're saying the same thing over and over, but it's, it's, it's a huge relationship business.
1: Well, I love it, man, because I, this whole podcast, we could sum it up. We've hit on some really great stuff, but if you don't understand your market under, you need to understand it because you could be leaving a lot of money on the table as a wholesaler or as a flipper, if you don't understand like your market and how to price stuff. So yeah, it's absolutely. been awesome, man. Well, I'm here to help you out and, and I'm glad that, you know, we have this working relationship and I'm excited for your growth. Um, let me ask you this before we end. Do you have one one thing that one nugget you could drop to investor motivation for people to um, implement? Like, do you have one thing you'd like to tell the people, uh, the people out there?
0: Yeah, I would say if you're out there and you're thinking about you know how do I do this or how do I do that, you got to learn by doing. You know, I can tell you about swimming. You can listen to podcasts about swimming. You can go and network with the best swimmers in the world. But until you get your butt in the water, And start even if it's a doggy paddle or just floating in place, you will not learn how to swim. So go out, learn by doing. You'll make mistakes. You'll learn along the way and find mentors. But you got to you got to learn by doing. That's the only way that you're really going to grow in this business.
1: I love I love that so much. I was listening to a podcast earlier today about this girl who just said, you know, she would prefer boldness being bold over intelligence. She says it's both important, but bold people, they just go for it. They take action, right? Just like you're saying. And intelligent, not saying that you can't be both, but intelligent people like to think about it, analyze. But the people who are bold that just go out and do it, they sometimes accomplish more because they're like, I got to go learn. And um, having a mentor, take I've done taken a lot of coaching. What They don't really tell, make you do the actions. They kind of guide you and, and, and kind of coach you along the way, but y- you got to go do it you got to go swim for some people a little higher level if they're just wholesaling. But this is what it happened. This was, this is what happens. You get into deals, then you start flipping, then you start keeping, then like you start lending your own money. It's just, it's, there's levels of this and it's, it's exciting. Love it. All right, brother. Well, you, it's been a pleasure and we're going to keep working together and anyone that needs my man in East Cobb, you know where to go, Daniel, right there.
0: Thanks Nate. Good to see you, man. Later, brother.